Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Exodus 23, I just like to see who's on their toes. Some of y'all didn't even flinch. We we're like, all right, let's go. <laughs> um, no, we're in Exodus 23. We're still hearing a lot of the laws, but um, I want to change your mindset for a second. Uh, before we dive in and jump into this word, I want you to read this with the idea of this is wisdom literature. I think too often we hear where it's the law and it is law and it gives us boundaries. But the other part of this is that it gives us wisdom. It gives us wisdom for how to live our lives the right way. And so with that, let's look at a lot of this. And I'm going to really concentrate on the first third uh, of what we're going to read today. Um, that This is wisdom literature for us to take into our lives uh, and how to live our lives. And when we look at it from that perspective, don't we, we receive things a lot better when it's good wisdom and knowledge for us to take. And so I want to just change our mindset as we dive in, but let's pray and let's see what God has for us today. Lord, we just thank you this morning um, that we are up and ready. We are gathered here on this platform uh, to hear your word. Uh, Lord, we just pray that you be with us. You, uh, I pray that you are in every home right now. You are in every vehicle. You are in, in, in every office. Uh, you are in every uh, workplace, whoever and wherever they are listening to this to. Lord, I just pray that you are with them. Uh, you are giving them uh, knowledge and wisdom exactly how you want for all of us in our lives through your word. Uh, Lord, I surrender myself to you that this be your word and not mine. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray. Amen. And amen. All right. Again, <clears throat> Exodus 23, uh, and let's get into it. And again, think of this as good wisdom for all of us to really listen to. Um, I'm reading out of the uh, New Living Translation. I'm still loving this Bible. I'm writing in it. So <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's fun. This is great. Um, verse one, you must not pass along false rumors. You must not and cooperate with evil people by lying on the witness stand. You must not follow the crowd in doing wrong. When you are called to testify in a dispute, do not be swayed by the crowd to twist justice. And do not slant your testimony in favor of a person just because that person is poor. If you come upon your enemies, ox or donkey that have strayed away take it back to its owner if you see that the donkey of someone who hates you has collapsed under its load do not walk by instead stop and help in a lawsuit you must not deny justice to the poor verse 7 be sure never to charge anyone falsely with evil Never sentence an innocent or blameless person to death, 
for I never declare a guilty person to be innocent. Take no bribes, for a bribe makes you ignore something that you clearly see. A bribe makes even a righteous person twist the truth. You must not oppress foreigners. You know what it's like to be a foreigner, for you yourselves were once foreigners in the land of Egypt. Verse 10, plant and harvest your crops for six years, but let the land be renewed and, and, <clears throat> excuse me, and lie uncultivated during the seventh year. Then let the poor among you harvest whatever grows on its own. Leave the rest for wild animals to eat. The same applies to your vineyard and olive groves. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but on the seventh day, you must stop working. This gives your ox and your donkey a chance to rest. It also allows your slaves and the foreigners living among you to be refreshed. Verse 13, pay close attention to all my instructions. You must not call on the name of any other God. Do not even speak their names. Each year you must celebrate three festivals in my honor. First, celebrate the festival of unleavened bread. For seven days the bread you <clears throat> must be, you eat must be made without yeast, just as I commanded you. Celebrate this festival annually at the appointed time in early spring in the month of Abib. For that is the anniversary of your departure from Egypt. No one may appear before me without any offering. Second, celebrate the festival of harvest when you bring me the first crops of your harvest. Finally, celebrate the festival of the final harvest. At the end of the harvest season, when you have harvested all the crops of your field, at these three times each year, every man in Israel must appear before the sovereign, the Lord. You must not offer the blood of my sacrificial offerings together with any baked goods containing yeast. And do not leave the fat from the festival offerings until the next morning. As you harvest your crops, bring the very best of the first harvest to the house of your God. You must not cook a young goat in its mother's milk. Verse 20, see, I am sending an angel before you to protect you on your journey and lead you safely to the place I have prepared for you. Pay close attention to him and obey his instructions. Do not rebel against him, for he is my <clears throat> representative, and he will not forgive your rebellion. But if you are careful to obey him, follow all my instructions then I will be your I will be an enemy to your enemies, and I will oppose those who oppose you. For my angel will go before you and bring you into the land of the Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, uh, Canaanites, Hivites, and Jebusites. So you may live there. And I will destroy their them completely. You must not worship the gods of these nations or serve them in any way or imitate their evil practices. Instead, you must utterly destroy them and smash their sacred pillars. 
you must serve only the Lord your God. If you do, I will bless you with food and water, and I will protect you from illness. There will be no miscarriages or infertility in your land, and I will give you long, full lives. I will send my terror ahead of you and create panic among all the people whose lands you invade. I will make all your enemies turn and run. I will send terror ahead of you to drive out the Hivites, Canaanites, Hittites, but I will not drive them out in a single year because the land would become desolate and the wild animals would multiply and threaten you. I will drive them out a little at a time until your population has increased enough to take possession of the land. And I will fix your boundaries from the Red Sea to the Mediterranean Sea and from the eastern wilderness to the Euphrates River. And I will hand over to you the people now living in the land, and you will drive them out ahead of you. Verse 32, make no treaties with them or their gods. They must not live in your land, or they will cause you to sin against me. If you serve their gods, you will be caught in the trap of idolatry. The word of the Lord. All right, get that. Another swig of coffee, stretch it out. Doug's over there doing some good yoga. <laughs> and um, let's dive into this. Man, there's some good wisdom for us. Definitely this first third of this chapter um, where we start out with exactly, you must not pass along false rumors. And we see this in, in that it's not only just don't even say rumors, but don't continue to re rehash them. Don't recirculate them, as the New King James kind of says, is don't recirculate these. Don't keep them going. And uh, when you look at Deuteronomy 19.15, he talks, uh, it talks about in Deuteronomy there that if you hear something, you have to bring uh, proof to what you're saying. Proof is having two to three sources, uh, either eyewitnesses or some form of evidence proving that X, Y, Z happened. That whatever you're accusing or whatever is going on, that there is some evidence that this is a true story, not just some made up slander. So don't recirculate this. There, we have to, if somebody's saying something and you're like, is that right? Are you sure? Where are you hearing that from? And why are they hearing that? Why are they circulating that? We got to ask these questions when we're hearing gossip, when we're hearing other things going around. Why are they saying it? Where is it coming from from them? And then what's the motive behind it all? These things have to like kind of think deeper when somebody's telling you something, definitely in a whisper and definitely in, in the corners of wherever you're at. Don't recirculate this. Don't pass this along. Don't continue the cycle, basically, of slander. It's just, it corrupts everything. It corrupts what, um, what is going on. It's trying to diminish and, and take down um, whatever is going on that's, that's good. Whatever, it's, it's either taking down a person or a system or a group of people. And we just don't see any use for this. 
there must be proof to whatever is said. Now, if there's a real accusation, let them go and handle that with that person individually. That's the other thing. Why don't we do this anymore in our society hardly? This is a lost thing that is if you have a problem with something, if you have a problem with someone, don't come to me. Go talk to them. Put on your big boy pants, put on your big girl pants, and go talk to somebody that bothered you, that offended you, that did or said X, Y, Z that you don't like instead of coming to me or coming to anybody else. And if that can't get resolved, then you bring it to me. Then you bring it to Pastor Jason. Then you bring it to somebody else to help dispute whatever is going on. But just going around and saying whatever it is, and it may not even be true. You may have like over-exaggerated whatever it is. It could be just somebody else that's over-exaggerating whatever happened. Because I think we all have heard and seen over-exaggerations. This is where it's, we have to kill this stuff. The other part of to this, there's another section, if you really think about this, is that don't let it continue. Even if you're just, hey, I, I'm minding my business. No, I'm staying out of it. Well, you're staying out of it. You're allowing something conti to continue. You're allowing a cycle of gossip to go on when you know what's going on and you do nothing about it to say, hey, that's wrong. You go take that with whoever and go handle that business over there. But don't go circulating that throughout the church. Don't go circulating that throughout whatever friend uh, group that you're in or anything like that. We have to be also ones that stand up for what is right and how to act right and how to handle things the correct way. So if you're, I'm just, I'm doing me, like leave me alone. You're doing this number. It's like, hey, guess what? You're allowing offense to happen. Let's not allow offenses to happen. Let's not allow gossip to continue. Let's. Hey, if you hear it, stop. Where's the proof? If you have no proof, shut your mouth. We need to call this out and stop it because what we're doing is we're helping the person and we're stopping the enemy from doing what he wants to do. You're helping the person and you're stopping the enemy from what the enemy wants to do. We see that uh, further on is you must not follow the crowd in doing wrong. Oh my goodness. All we have to do to see this going on is pick up the uh, TV remote and turn on the news. All we have to do to see this going on is just get on social media. All we have to do to see this going on is just open your eyes every morning because so many people are just following the crowd and doing wrong. Yeah, you know, well, it's 2022. It, times have changed, blah, blah, blah. No, the word of God, the standard of right has never changed. Has never changed. The standard of the Lord has never changed. What's right is right. Don't follow the crowd in doing wrong. Don't follow the crowd that wants to redefine and do whatever to justify their way of doing what, whatever is against exactly what our God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, 
have said this is right and this is wrong. Do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. Does this make you unpopular? Absolutely. Is that hard sometimes? Yep, not going to lie. But it's not about are you popular? It's about it, this all ties back to what God do you serve? What God do you serve? Because this ties right back into um, this ties into the very last couple verses here, verse 32 and 33. Make no treaties with them or their gods. They must not live in your land or they will cause you to sin against me. If you serve their gods, you will be caught up in the trap of idolatry. That's exactly what following the crowd is. That's exactly what we see it all in the Old Testament, where the nation of Israel kept going after and falling away from the ways of the Lord and then following the crowd and worshiping other gods. And then they had to get set straight again and set straight again and set straight again. It happened in Judges. It ha I mean, let's let's talk about which book of the Bible in the Old Testament you want to read. It happens over and over, and we keep seeing this problem. You must not follow the crowd in doing wrong. This is what the world and a lot of people say, well, I'm just trying to self-preserve. Because I don't want to get persecuted against by people. I don't want people to say this about me. I don't want that. But what are you really doing? You're serving people and not the Lord anymore. When you're trying to self-preserve and go along with the crowd and not ruffle feathers and not call out what's wrong. Now you're just serving their God. So we see this as we must follow what the Lord says. We must be in communion with him. We must understand that this is, it's not, again, I want, that's why I wanted to fix your idea that this is wisdom literature instead of law. Because this, this still applies, even though we're not under the law, right? Christ came and, uh, took away sin with his death on the cross, burial and resurrection to new life, right? Amen. We live in freedom through him, but we still have morality that is in here. This is good, solid wisdom for us that has not gone away that we must follow, that we must understand, that we must apply in our actions and our deeds and our lives. Because if we believe exactly who we say we believe in, in Jesus Christ, in the Lord himself, then guess what? If we love him so much, then our actions and our deeds will follow. Again, it's not, it's not a religion of deeds. It is love and by grace. And because of that, the fruit of our love and the grace given to us 
we get to do these things. We are renewing of our mind. That's what we're doing this morning. That's what we do on this on soap here is we are renewing our mind in the ways that the Lord has for us with his wisdom, his knowledge, and his righteousness. All because of Jesus. So these are things that become easier because he gives us strength. He gives us courage and he gives us his Holy Spirit to be with us and comfort us. We have, we're not alone in this. We have a helper. And we see other parts in here and we get into woo, this. We see this happening a lot. This is, hey, I'm going to mind my own business. I'm not, I'm telling you, there's a point to minding your own business to get you in trouble. Here we go in verse four and five. If you come upon your enemy's ox or donkey that have straight away, take it back to its owner. But I love this one. Verse five. If you see that the donkey of someone who hates you has collapsed under its load, do not walk by. Instead, stop and help. If you see a bad situation going on, if you see somebody in trouble, but you're like, oh, I know them. They they talk bad about me. Oh, they don't, they're not nice to me. Oh, they, uh, whatever. They, they, they hurt my sister. They hurt my brother. They, whatever it is, whoever you're having some beef, some issue, some problem with, but you see something going on in their life that is not right, that is going wrong, and you have any ability to help, stop and help. Who's the bigger person? Stop and help. Yeah, well, no, they they did this and they're mean to me and they never call me and they never, what, ah, 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 ah. stop and help. We can make all the excuses in the world not to help those that are mean to us. Well, that, that's what they deserve. And we can, no, 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 stop and help. Be the bigger person. Be the one that, that stands up and is showing them the love of Christ, the, the forgiveness. Guess what? The people you hate, God still loves them too. God still died for their sins. God still uh, wants to have a relationship perfectly as much with them as, they, as he wants with you. Sometimes that doesn't sit well with some of us, that God loves the people you hate. That God wants to have a relationship with the people you hate. That God wants to transform and heal the people you hate. That God wants to show his love, mercy, and grace on the people you hate or don't like or despise or think are smelly or whatever it is. God loves them too. And so it's our job to rise above, be the bigger person, and share his love and light share his grace and mercy, share the forgiveness that we didn't deserve, that we got, and they also get as well, because God loves us first. Stop and help them. They got a flat tire, stop and help them. They're tripping over themselves, stop and help them. They spilled their coffee, stop and help them. Stop and help them. We don't care whatever it is, help them, show them the love that God has for them. 
and gar- I, and I almost I'm not going to guarantee this, but I'm going to tell you it helps a lot more often than you think it does. Is that that will change even your relationship with them? That they will see that you do have a loving heart. That maybe their their perception of you was wrong. And that we break that chain of hate and we break that chain of divide and we break that chain of wanting to hold each other back instead of unifying each other, especially in the church, especially within our church. Stop and help them. So we go down, I'm going to jump to verse eight. <clears throat> take no bribes, man. We talked about this last last week. Take no bribes for a bribe makes you ignore something that you clearly see. A bribe makes even a righteous person twist the truth. Man, let's go back to last week, Exodus 18, verse 21. This is why that list of how to pick your leaders is huge. Select from verse 21 but select from all people some capable, honest people who serve God and hate bribes. They hate it. They, you want people that hate bribes. You don't want them to fall into this because a bribe makes even a righteous person twist the truth. How can somebody be a good leader if they twist the truth? How can somebody be a good leader if they're lying? How can somebody be a good leader if they're bought off by the evil? Oh my goodness, this is huge. Too often people regurgitate this that the money makes money makes the world go round. Yeah, you know what? It does. But in the opposite direction. But in the opposite direction. Money makes the world go round, but it makes it turn in a different direction in the way other than what God wants it to. Yes, money can be a tool, and that means that we are above it, and so we're not guided by the money, that we guide it, that let money be a tool, but not be that spirit that is taking us away from the direction that God wants us to. Don't let, this is basically, you are falling into the trap that money is now your God if you are receiving and taking bribes. Money just became your God. You just forfeited the Lord. What kind of leader is that? Easily sways back and forth by money and by the world and can be bought off so quickly. Your loyalty, you just put it for sale. How something that should never have been able to be bought was put for a price. Bribery is such a problem, and it be and it's something that's not talked about hardly anymore. Nobody's talking about this kind of stuff anymore. We don't hear this and and how we look and pick and choose leaders anymore. We don't talk about this. You know, it's something that's swept under the rug. 
it's like the, the bribe even bribes the briber just to stop bribing all the time or i i don't even like it just it gets so twisted and it's this is a huge huge part of having a good leader that has integrity integrity We see also where it says, you must not oppress foreigners. This also kind of goes into um, the other part where I'm going to jump back to verse six. In a lawsuit, you must not deny justice to the poor. So we see this like uh, foreigners or the poor. Um, it also said back there um, in. Yeah, verse three, and do not slant your testimony in favor of a person just because that person is poor. What they're trying to do and what is being said here, what God is trying to say, not they, and what God is trying to say here through this is don't give, don't give a difference for people because of a certain economic situation or a certain position or the way that they are. The standard is the standard. The standard is the standard. All people deserve justice. All people deserve punishment for whatever it is they did. Doesn't matter if they're rich or poor. Doesn't matter if they're a foreigner or if they're uh, national. If they're part of your family, not part of your family. If uh, it, it doesn't, however you want to earthly discriminate, however that wants to be done, that's how we see that what unfortunately too many people want to well they got money so they're going to get off because they, they can buy the you know no may justice be justice may the right be right may this be exactly what it's supposed to be may the the standard of justice not change no matter who you are yes okay i understand poor people probably have different uh problems but guess what so rich people more money more problems right it's it doesn't matter there's problems in all of our lives regardless of whatever and the just and the standard of doing right doesn't change we see unfortunately where it's like well if you're of this type class we'll lower the standard of things for you to make it easier stop no you what you're doing is a disservice to people and not making a clear standard for all people to rise to what you're saying is you're not you're not capable of being this good you're not capable of actually being uh, to a high and good standard you're not capable of you know improving yourself so we'll lower it for you that's what that's what is being actually done and said when people do this when they want to lower standards for for certain whatever demographics. They're trying to say that, hey, if I lower the standard for you, then we're, we're gonna help you out. And it's all not, and it's basically backhanded slapping them in the face and saying, you're not good enough. And God's telling you, no, you are good enough. I'm gonna have a clear standard for everyone. And I want all of you to rise to it. I want all of you to be able to achieve and go towards this and understand and learn and grow from this. Again, wisdom, knowledge, may we continue to build each other up to the good standard. So leaders, don't lower standards for people, but encourage them to meet them. 
encourage them to grow to them, encourage them to be better and, and work towards achieving that standard. That's how we grow people. That's how we get better. Not lowering them, not back slapping them in, in, in the face and saying you're not good enough. That's ultimately what it is. Maybe it's a, it feels comforting to, oh, I don't have to do all that. Oh, you're going to make an exception for me. It feels comforting at first, but what's really happening is you're slapping them in the face. You're saying, you're not good enough. I don't believe in you enough to make this standard. But here, it's saying, no, don't give favoritism to anybody, whether it's up or down. The standard is the standard. May we help and raise people up. May we encourage them. So leaders today, I want to help you. Like, let's encourage people to meet the standard. It says in, um, I'm going to jump down to verse 13 and kind of close out here. Pay close attention to all my instructions. You must not call on the name of any other gods. Do not even speak their names. All of these things are not possible. All of these standards are not possible without our God. All the other gods are, it's, it's worthless. It's their God. And it goes back, uh, it goes all the way, jumping all the way to the forward in verse 32 and 33. Make no treaties with them or their gods. To make a treaty is to make a compromise. And yeah, we, we in history, many people have made treaties. We made treaties to stop wars. We made treaties with like uh, a common one, right? Is And here in America, we've made treaty with uh, Native Americans and they have, uh, you know, lands and all these other, and we hear this word treaties and normally we think, okay, that's pretty good. What really a treaty is, is to make a compromise for some kind of solution. And there's certain times and there's certain things we must never compromise on. And that's our Lord. And we never compromise on the belief and hold true to our Lord, to Jesus Christ, to exactly what he's called us to be and do. May we never compromise on that. May we never compromise with those that follow other gods in this or their gods. Realize what he's also saying here. What God is saying is that it's their gods. Otherwise, they created those gods. Why are you going to follow suit with somebody's God that they? And ultimately, if you created a God, you're actually the God of that God. But then you, it's a twisted, weird, when you really think about it, it makes no sense. We saw like the golden calf, you create, they created the golden calf, but then they worship what they created. How backwards is that? They must not live in your land or they will cause you to sin against me. If you serve their gods, you will be caught in the trap of idolatry. It is exactly what it is. It's a trap. It's going to hold us back. So today, may we take this wisdom with us. May we encourage others to follow suit. 
May this build us up. May this give us wisdom to move forward in our lives and realize some of the areas that maybe we need to either tweak or help others tweak in our lives. To, to raise to the standard that God has called us to. Because he's loved us first. And he sent his only son to pay for all of our sins so that we can be in right standing with him. I pray that this has helped us grow a little bit on this Thursday. I pray that this uh, gives us some uh, good uh, wisdom to uh, go into the weekend and go into next week with. May this not stop here. May this continue in all of our lives. And let us pray. Lord, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your wisdom. May we hold dear to what your word says. May we hold dear to what your covenant says. May we hold dear to what your standard is. Because you believe in us and you love us and you give us grace and mercy. Lord, may we act out and our deeds and everything be out of the love that we have. Because of what you have done for us. Lord, we just thank you for... Um, just help guiding our path, giving us boundaries, not because you want to stop us from anything, but because you want to help give us focus, help give us understanding, and help direct us on the path that you have for us. Lord, may we walk in that path that you have set for us. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen and amen. Have a great one, everyone. Hope you all can take care, and God bless. See you all this Sunday. It's going to be amazing. See you all then.